I know many of you asked for him by name because he is part of the Randall family right now, but Dr. Marshall brought in his partner, uh, Dr. Wilkinson. And Dr. Bernie, we are so glad to have you. We are making you an honorary hawk today. So we've got, just know you're part of our family too. All right. And um, they're here to talk Good to mistake. us and answer your questions about how we cope, how do we adjust. Uh, we are gonna open the forum um, so that if you do want to ask a question, you can unmute your mic. Um, if it gets too much, we'll go to a chat bar. But right now, uh, given that we're at 20, I think we can do this. Just be cognizant and let's try to not talk over one another. Um, again, thank you for your time. And I'm gonna hand it over to our two guest speakers. Dr. Marshall, Dr. Wilkinson, thank you again on behalf of Randall Middle School, Claire Mawinney, Avid, and the PTSA. We, we owe you like at least two big blue bottles. Oh, very good. Yeah. Oh, I knew that would resonate. Very I knew that good. would resonate. Now you have my attention. Okay. Yes. Okay, quick question. Okay. What is your back, what is in the background? I have, I'm out of this world, Dr. Uh, Dr. Marshall. Well, you know that. Of course I know, but what is the background? Uh, that is actually a picture from the ISS of the Earth at night Where with the it? sun coming up over the Earth. And if you look behind me, you will see the lights of the Earth. Yes. And this is actually a NASA picture from the ISS. Very nice. Okay. Thank Very you. good. Had to satisfy that curiosity. Yes. Okay. So you want ready to begin? We are. Okay. Um, first of all, we're going to call this from classroom to cloud, because that's where all of us are headed right now. Speaking of your um, earth uh, and space photo there, we're going, to the, we're going to the cloud and we're going to enter this strange, for some of us, strange new world of homeschooling. Um, what we've decided, what we've done here is we're going to divide this into two parts. One is there are some general considerations that I think all of us should make as we um, quarantine, isolate, uh, uh, that, that I think anybody should, should do uh, during this time, especially families with children, okay? After we've done that, after we've talked about some general considerations, then we'll talk about some specific things that we, we recommend that you implement during the homeschooling process, okay? You with us? Yes, we're here. Okay. Uh, first of all, what's... Well, this first thing... Oh. This is new for everybody. You know, what, what, is, what is amazing and what I, what I really want to um, make sure that we, we commend not just parents, but you know, parents and students and teachers and everyone um, in, in trying to make this shift because, you know, we're going from, you know, a brick and mortar, um, students at the, at the school every morning at the same time, they're leaving every afternoon at the same time, teachers, you know, we know how to do our planning and we do, know how to do our preparations and everything for the day. And all of that changes. And so some of these general considerations is going to be really to help make this adjustment to this brand new forum um, that none of us really have anticipated mm -hmm. before. You know, right. most of it, I would, I would guess at least 95 to 98% of the students have never been homeschooled before. And right. now here we're going to be doing this for the next into the foreseeable future is what right. I keep hearing. Right. <laughs> and, um, and teachers, you didn't sign up to be homeschool teachers. Um, and so, you know, this is a big change, a big adjustment for everybody. And so it's gonna be uh, important that we consider some of these things as we're making this shift, so. Right. Okay, now under general considerations, and this is gonna be the first item, under general considerations and also homeschooling considerations, and that is to maintain a schedule. If you don't do anything else, maintain a schedule. One of the wonderful things that schools do is they, may, they keep all of us on a schedule, all right? Uh, they keep faculty, students, everybody gets put on this schedule. And you can't let go of that during this time. And when we talk about a schedule, what we have to maintain are the things that we advocate, we, we want everybody to maintain. And the first three are sleep, nutrition, um, and exercise. Right. Okay, you have to keep those three things going. When we see patients in our practice, if those three things aren't going well, that's our starting point. If you're not sleeping well, if you're not eating nutritious foods, and if you're not exercising, 
then that's going to throw everything else off. So you don't begin with pathology. You don't begin with a psychological problem. You begin with those three things. So during these strange times, you want to maintain that regular schedule. And so you begin with sleep, exercise, and nutrition. And when, we, when we're talking about sleep, we're emphasizing you want to go just like you would during the regular school year. You want to go to bed at around the same time every night. You want to get up around the same time every morning. You know, thinking about, think about your summer schedule, you know, where you're staying up later, you're sleeping later in the morning. That shift is going to have an effect on the way that we perform and behave during the day. You know, during the summer, we're not doing a lot of academic tasks. So, you know, those major changes to our sleep schedule don't really have the same impact as they would if we were doing it during the school year. So, making sure that you're going to bed about the same time and getting up at about the same time every day is going to be critical. You know, one of the things we emphasize is, is really trying to do that seven days a week. And right. a lot of people don't like to hear that because we like to sleep in on the weekends, but your body wants to be consistent and your body functions best when it's consistent. So whether it's Friday night or Monday night or whatever night, you want to get up um, in the same, at the same time in the morning and you want to go to bed at about the same time every night. Yeah. Our body likes rhythm. Um, the biology of our species is we like these rhythms. We call them circadian rhythms. And if you, we can't let go of that. We, we can't right. defy biology. And one of the things that, that our bodies want are a very regular schedule. We, we like these rhythms. And if you get out of those rhythms, things start to fall apart. You know, all of us say a cranky child is a, is a difficult child. A tired child is a cranky child. Um, so we, we already have, you know, the other problem we're having right now is that this whole thing happened when spring break happened. Right. And so kids, first of all, got to spring break and they were automatically thrown off schedule because during spring break, they changed their sleep schedule. I see many middle schoolers right now and those kids are already staying up until two, three, four o'clock in the morning playing video games because it's spring break. Right. Okay. Now we're going to homeschooling and it's like an indefinite snow day up north. We used to have snow days. Um, and so get back on that regular rhythm. That's the most important thing you, that you can do for your children right now. Right. And, and, and that goes hand in hand, if you think about it, with exercise. Right. You know, one of the things that parents will say and even kids will say um, during spring break or during these different times is they'll say, well, we don't go to bed at the same time because we're not, we're not as tired. You know, we're, we've been right. um, doing different things throughout the day. Well, typically what happens, and especially during this time, what I'm seeing with a lot of students is that everybody's, everybody's quarantined, everybody's staying inside. And so no one is active. No one is exercising the way that they would if they were at school. They don't have recess. They don't have PE. They don't have those, you know, right. they're not walking, you know, a mile and a half throughout the day in between classes to go from class to class. And right. so because they're not getting any of that exercise, they're probably not as, you know, physically worn um, at the end of the day as they would be if they were at school. So you have to build in an, extra, um, an opportunity to exercise. And that may mean going outside or um, even if it's just doing something in the house, you know, from YouTube or, or whatever to, to get some exercise in. Uh, that's critical. Right. That's right. And de-stress. Right. Okay, you got to move around. To Can I ask a question? Can sure. I ask a question? Okay. While we're talking about schedules, one of the things um, that I found out, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Ms. Mawinney. I'm principal at Randall. Um, I've found that some, some adults want to impose their schedules on the kids mm -hmm. for their own sort of comfort in keeping the schedule, but that I'm, I'm not thinking that really works well for the kids because many of them are having to um, share devices to use. Many of them are having to um, be very flexible themselves. So how can I help adults and kids with that sort of conflict? Um, and the second item we're going to talk about after schedule is something called collaborative problem solving. Okay, and great. We're going to advocate that parents use this time to implement what we call collaborative problem solving. What okay, they, thank you. They're going to have to figure out, families are going to have to figure out what their schedule so that it works for everybody. If parents impose this on their children, they're going to end up power struggles and they're going to lose those power struggles. Okay. Yep, thank so you. So we're going to talk we're going to talk about collaborative problems okay, in you. a second. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so the next thing is so we have sleep, exercise, nutrition. You have to stay healthy particularly with this infectious threat. So you have to eat good foods. I uh, remember this is not a we don't want to end up gaining 10 or 20 pounds during this isolation period. So we have to eat nutritious foods mm -hmm. and foods that 
they'll keep us on the sofa when it's over. Yeah, if you if you if you go to the grocery store, you'll see there's um, interestingly there's lots of uh, vegetables and um, and fruits, fruits mm -hmm. in the produce section, but the shelves are empty in the all the processed food. So <laughs> right. be mindful of what what you're feeding your kids because you're they're going to be home right. uh, much more often. So you're going to you know you have to feed them more often because they're not at school to eat school right. lunches. Um, and so be mindful of what they're eating. Yeah, there's a wonderful meme going around about a giraffe that looks like the Michelin tire man. He's all puffed out because it's post-corona post uh, weight gain. So yeah. make sure we don't do that, okay? Uh, finally, there's uh, work time and quiet time. Both need to be scheduled. Uh, one of the most important things that families are gonna do is they're going to schedule work time but there also has to be quiet time because what you want to do is you want to minimize stimulation. If the TVs are on and the radios are on and the phones are on and the computers are on, that's a lot of stimulation for middle schoolers. So you want to, you want to build in quiet time during your day. Go right. And, and for parents also, that quiet time could and really should include some time to unplug from all the news and all the reports because you know, you're going to be overwhelmed trying to monitor and keep up with what is the current status? How many cases are there now? If, yeah. Is there anything new? You know, what is it? Six and 11 is when they're, when they're putting out the reports. And so everybody is glued to their uh, devices or to the news to see what's the newest um, and most up-to-date information. Yeah. And so taking a little bit of time every day, maybe periodically throughout the day, to just unplug from some of that, just to allow that um, nervous system to calm down just a little right. bit so that you don't remain so overstimulated. Right, get rid of the noise. Absolutely. Okay. Get rid of that background noise. Okay, so number one is a schedule. Number two, implement collaborative problem solving. Um, don't, or, or, or uh, we would advise that you don't um, pressure, insist, um, and impose on your children. Absolutely. This is a good time, this is a perfect time to implement collaborative problem solving. You have to work out a schedule, you have to work out foods, you have to work out so many things. And this is a perfect time for you to sit with your children and have them generate some of these solutions. You know, about bedtime, about get, when do they get up, when do they work, when, when is quiet time. These, are, these can be family decisions. This right. would be a great time to implement family meetings so that you sit down and work your problems out. But bring the children into the solutions. Right. If they're part of the solution, they're much more likely to implement and keep it. Okay. Right. If if it's their decision, they're more likely to keep keep up with it and and to implement it. If it's your decision, you're going to get into a power struggle Absolutely. with them. And that's what you want to avoid is all the power struggles. Right. Um, bring them into the solution. Right. Yeah. If you think about the biggest um, debates and biggest arguments and biggest conflicts that that we have in our homes, it's when our kids don't do what we tell them to do. Right. And right. so uh, the easiest way to bypass that is to sit down and say, hey, let's work out a schedule together mm -hmm. and figure out you know, how we're going to work through all this and what are the consequences should they, right. those things not work. Mm -hmm. um, I think that many parents um, are amazed or maybe even surprised, maybe amazed isn't the right word, are surprised at sometimes the, the pretty strict and rigid guidelines that a student will talk about imposing on themselves. Right. Um, how many, right. many times we'll sit with them and work through this process mm -hmm. and have to say, you know, the, the teenager or whatever will, will come up with this, these, these consequences if they don't do what they're told. And, and I find myself having to say, you know, let's not be too harsh don't be too because harsh you don't want yourself. that to happen. Right. Um, right. You know, I want to lose my Xbox for a week if I don't do that. No, don't, don't say that. You don't right. want to lose your Xbox for a week. Right. Believe me. So, you know, creating reasonable expectations and, and plans, you, the kids right. will work with you on that stuff right. if, you, if you allow them. And incidentally, um, one of the things that we used with our own children and we put in our book, there are 168 hours in a week. Right. So what family, we recommend that families take 168 hours and then just start subtracting hours. Like how many hours do you sleep? 50 some hours a week. So you subtract that from 168 and kids will learn very quickly that they don't have five or six hours a day free time um, right. to play video games. Or shouldn't. They're, they're, you just don't have time to do that if they're doing everything else they're supposed to be doing. Right. So think of 168 hours and work these out with your kids. We have that on a, uh, we can send that to you, uh, the activity that we have in our book. We printed that, we print that out for parents. So 
Use collaborative problem solving to set up your schedule. Uh, third, avoid power struggles. Mm -hmm. You're gonna lose those, so don't even enter those. Don't think that you're gonna, that you're gonna automatically command that your children do these things or that they spend eight hours a day doing online school. Online school is not like a brick and mortar. It's not like going into a building for eight hours. Right. You have to, because kids don't, they're not on task for eight hours right. uh, in a, or seven hours or six hours. So we can't expect them to be on task for six hours during a homeschool experience. So number three is avoid power struggles. Number four, start thinking in terms of space and time. Right. Time is your schedule. Space is where you're going to do it. You're going to have to change some things in your home to set up appropriate work Absolutely. and play spaces. Some for work, some for play, some for sleep. Absolutely. And so when you're thinking about workspace, you want to make sure that you, you're as free from clutter as possible because, mm -hmm. you know, we, we all work so much better when we have a, a nice, clear space. What that oftentimes will mean is you know if if the student has some math work to do, some reading or language arts, and some you know science to mm -hmm. do, only have one subject on the on the table at a time. Yeah. Uh, if we have several books sitting around and we have a stack of papers over here, mm -hmm. even if it has nothing to do with what the student is doing, yeah. it's going to it's going to uh, create a sense of of being overwhelmed and um, a sense of you know I have so much to do. And as soon as we start to get into that mindset. We don't function very well. Right. Um, it's really difficult to focus and concentrate on what we need to focus and concentrate on. And right. so clearing that space of clutter, of extraneous sounds, extraneous um, things that will catch our visual attention, mm -hmm. um, making sure the temperature is well is just right and all that kind of stuff. All those things are really important to um, and conducive with good um, study habits. Right. Yeah, we talked about turning off the noise, right. uh, the background noise. Also, visual clutter right. also is stimulation. Right. And for a lot of kids, they just can't function with all the clutter. Clean off spaces, clean off tables, clean off um, chair. Get your room, you know, designate one room as a trash right. room during this period where you just dump stuff, extra food, extra clothes, extra belongings, but keep the rest of the house as neat and clutter free as possible. Right. Okay. So the next and the last item under general considerations is this is an excellent time for everybody to learn how to self-regulate. Right. Okay. You, you, everybody has the obligation to self-regulate, to learn how to self-regulate and to practice self-regulation. And one of the things I want to put under this, you know, people are going to get frustrated. Um, we're going to get cabin fever. We're going to start picking on each other. Siblings are going to start, they're going to accelerate and increase their sibling rivalries. Okay. But they have to also learn how to regulate their emotions. Right. Okay. And, and by the age of eight, children should be able to self-regulate. So if your children are not learning to self-regulate uh, by age eight, we're a little bit behind the curve. So middle schoolers should be able to do that. Though they're very emotional creatures, they also need to learn how to self-regulate. Underneath that is boredom. We're all going to hear, I'm bored. My response to that is, I don't care. Your boredom is not my problem. Um, and I'm not the social director of this cruise. It's not my job to keep you entertained. It's my job to make sure that you have the materials. It's my job to make sure that you're doing the work that at least you're not doing other than the work. You're not playing video games instead of working, but it's not my job to keep you entertained. This is a wonderful opportunity for kids to learn how to entertain themselves. We had to do it. No, my mother didn't care if I was bored. She had six kids. We grew up, nobody cared if I was bored. I learned how to entertain myself. And that's what, this is a wonderful opportunity for kids to learn how to entertain themselves. Don't worry about their boredom. It's their problem, not yours. Right. Okay. Another thing that goes under um, self-regulation is yours as the parent's self-regulation. Right. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to get overwhelmed. You're going to, you know, things aren't necessarily going to work the way that you want them to work. Um, you know, I'm not sure exactly what apps and programs and devices you guys are using um, there to, to manage all of this um, uh, remote distance mm -hmm. learning stuff. But likely you're, you're learning new apps, you're learning new, new things, new um, information. Mm -hmm. And it, there's going to be frustration, there's going to be some feelings of, um, mm -hmm. you know, this is never going to work types of things, because it's going to be right. hit or miss. Everyone makes mistakes, everyone uh, right. falls short sometimes. No one knows how to do everything. And so, you know, what's one person's strength is going to be another person's weakness. And so we need to make sure we're working together. 
But as the parent, as the adult, you have to exercise good self-regulation and not just get so frustrated that you say that's, you know, right. where you act out yourself, you know, that's it. I'm done. I'm not going to, let's not talk about this anymore. Um, instead, you know, verbalize it. We always recommend verbalizing our own feelings to our kids so that they know that we feel the same way that they do mm -hmm. sometimes. And this is how we manage it. So instead of, you know, getting frustrated and just saying, that's it, I'm done. You figure it out yourself. I'm, right. I'm, I'm leaving. Say, man, I'm really getting frustrated with this. I bet you are too. Let's take a break from this for a few minutes and, and you know, go get, just, do something else. just go calm down for right. a minute and then we'll come back and we'll take another stab at it. Right. Anything like that is going to teach your kid how to use good self-regulation skills, even when they're getting frustrated. And so right. you, that'll pay dividends much longer down the road. Right. Your children are going to be watching you. Um, and if, if you are self-regulating, if you are right. managing your emotions, you're the model for your kids. Mm -hmm. They're going to mirror what you do. Right. And the chances are, if you're getting short, if you're getting frustrated, if you're getting anxious, chances are your kids yeah. are too. Absolutely. So you get yourself under control. You know, that wonderful um, example that it is always used on airplanes, put your mask on first right. and then deal with the kids. And this is a good thing to remember at this time. You take care of yourself first. Get yourself regulated, and 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 your children will learn from you. Absolutely. Not not tell them what to do, but let them show watch them. you. Show them how to do this. And verbalize what you're going through in your mind. Right. If you're verbalizing it, then they can start to internalize your speech into their into their head. That's they've done that since they were born. You know, your your initial uh, parent talk became their internal talk. Right. Um, but it took some time, and so this is the same thing. Right. Time to do that. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so. Take these, you know, avoid power struggles, uh, use collaborative problem solving, set up a good schedule, but uh, learn how to self-regulate, okay? And, and build those, those spaces right. where all of this can occur. So you're gonna have to change the, the, the look of your house right. maybe during this time. You're gonna have to put uh, some things away and take some other things out. Mm -hmm. um, but, but remember, keep those space and time those are the two most important things. Yeah. Okay. So shifting um, to part two. Yeah, part two. Before we go to part two, um, imagine what it would do for your kids if you woke up on a Friday and you were ready to start today and you said, you know, you guys have done such a great job. I think we're going to take today off. Okay. And build some serendipity into this. You have to maintain a sense of humor during these times. Yeah. Okay. And so don't be afraid to take a little time off. You can always make up for it later. Or I think tonight we're going to have dessert for dinner. And, you know, do something, introduce those things and keep things a little bit light because there's going to be a lot of pressure, There's, um, but let's ease up where we can, okay? So maintain that schedule, learn how to self-regulate and build a little serendipity into it. Dessert is my favorite dinner. Dessert is good for dinner, right? Imagine yeah. if you were on the Titanic, you should have dessert first. See? Homeschooling, let's go to part two, okay? Homeschooling, uh, what should we do for that? Guess where it starts? At the schedule. beginning. At the oh, be schedule. Schedule. Okay. How do you homeschool? You build a schedule. There's two things to think about. Think about a macro schedule and a micro schedule. A macro schedule is what does your whole week look like? Right. Okay. What well, you got seven days here. What is each of those days going to look like? Mm -hmm. Do they all look the same? Is each day devoted to something a little bit different? Right. Take, be very thoughtful. There's a lot of talk these days about mindfulness. This is a wonderful time to be mindful of your weekly schedule. So take a look at each day, the whole week, decide what your week is going to look like, but decide that with your children. Do this collaborative problem solving approaches. Okay, kids, what's the week going to look like? Okay, how do we want to do this? Once you've established what the whole week looks like, then you do the micro schedule which is what is our work day? What is our school day going to look like? Mm -hmm. So what, what is work time and what is break time? Right. Okay. And how do you divide your day up? And, and again, do you do, are all five days going to look the same or are you going to introduce some variety from day to day? Again, that's up to you. That's up to you, your children and your home life. How does it typically work? Right. Some people, it, they're going to have a very regular schedule, do the same thing every day. Some kids don't work that right. way. So you have to know your children. Right. And part of the macro schedule is also thinking about the an entire day. You know, what is the what is the flow of everything going to be throughout the right. day? You're, you're getting up and, you know, are you going to allow for some time to to wake up and have breakfast and do all of that? Or you're going to, you know, 
have them get up and get right to work or, um, you know, is math going to be first or is language arts going to be first or how you're going to work out that process. You don't want to, um, and this kind of starts getting into the micro level as well, but you don't want to, you don't want to put your student, your child or yourself really in a position where you're saying, okay, you know what, from um, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. you're going to do math. Um, a two-hour block is not going to be a reasonable mm-hmm. schedule for a student, um, at really at any level. Um, they're, they're, that's just too long of a period of time. So you've got to make sure that you're building in um, opportunities for there mm-hmm. to be some shifting and adjusting and, and movement and all of that in, in, in place. You know, if you think about a regular school day, most students are in one class for, what, 50 minutes, 54 minutes or something like that. Yeah. Rarely are they in a, a single class for more than an hour unless you're doing block scheduling. And even that is kind of broken up in different ways. So um, make sure that, you know, when you're creating that uh, macro and the micro schedule, make sure that you're keeping in mind how long you're expecting your student to keep in one task at one time. Right. Um, you know, one of the things to remember is that um, a person's attention span correlates with chronological age. So a three-year-old maybe can sustain it for three minutes. A five-year-old can sustain it for five minutes. A 10-year-old can sustain it for 10 minutes. A 15-year-old can sustain it for 10 minutes. But the attention span of most individuals is about 10 minutes. Yeah. Keep that in mind, that when you're in a classroom, if you teach, right. you know that you have your students' attention for the first five to seven minutes of a class, and you get their attention again at the end of the class, right. okay? If you take a college class, you pay attention at the beginning and you pay attention at the end. In between those two times is when you daydream right. and you drift and you think about other things. Remember, our, our homeschoolers are doing exactly the same thing. You're gonna have your, their attention at the beginning, then it's gonna wander and you're gonna have it again at the end. So build that in to your schedule. Um, you're not going to get right. 50 minutes of concentrated effort because the brain just doesn't work that way. And, and most most teachers already build that in you naturally that? into right. their their schedule. So you you have them at the beginning, and you 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 are talking about what the assignment is. You're giving them the information that they need, and you're giving them a period where they're working on their own or working right. in groups. So there you you have that break um, sort of breaking up of the uh, of the information, and right. then you try to pull them back again, say to clarify or to help out a little bit, yeah. and you put them back in their groups or right. to do the. Inter- you're doing that naturally within the 50 minutes, anyways. Right. And so right. we would be doing the same thing at home. That's right. You're you're prompting them at the end of the class. You're okay now. Everybody pay attention. Let's get it organized, and they they reattend. You get them back, and that because now you know they're paying attention. Right. So build that in. Uh, have parents build that in at home. Okay. So. Um, second, so w- once you have established a schedule, then the next thing is you have to build the schedule based on the children you have, right. okay? You, we raise the children we have, not the children we want. We might want our children to be on a certain schedule. I think, Ms. Boyney, this is a question that you ask, is how much can this child tolerate? Right. If you have a child who is able to sit and focus and concentrate, and self-regulate and look up things on his or her own, that's great. But that may not be the child that you right. have. If your child has ADHD, that's a game changer. Right. Okay. If your child can't regulate her emotions and she tends to have temper tantrums and to be very difficult emotionally, that's a game changer. Or, or, so, or if she can sit down and read a book for uh, an hour, right. just fine without any complaints, but can only handle 10 minutes of math. Right. You know, just being aware of those strengths and weaknesses so that you can adjust and work the schedule accordingly. And your children have to be free and they have to have permission to say, Mom, I just can't do this right now. Um, Okay, it's all right. Right. That's part of self-regulation. Now, they can't say, Mom, I can't do this right now. I need to play Minecraft. No, you don't have to do your schoolwork but that doesn't free you up to right. do everything else. And we're gonna talk, in a minute, we're gonna talk about um, uh, what, how we use these, these work periods, right. okay? And how we, you can't let video game time bleed into work time. I'm gonna explain that in a minute, right. okay? So right now, you make all of these plans, not based on somebody else's schedule or what you think the schedule would be, but you make these plans based on your children 
your child's temperament mm -hmm. and tempo and rhythm. Some kids are very good late at night. Some kids are very good early in the morning. Mm -hmm. You have to know your child. You raise the child you have, not the child you want. So remember, think about your child's temperament before you put these plans into effect. Right, and that, that includes building in some of the exercise time and right. building in some of the, um, you know, we're gonna to talk to you in a few minutes about brain breaks and, and things like that. When mm -hmm. and where and how you build those into your schedule are going, is going to be based upon That's your right. child, your specific child. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would have exercise time at six o'clock in the morning. My kids aren't gonna do that. They're not gonna tolerate right. exercise time at six. I'm not raising Navy SEALs. I have children who have their own circadian rhythms. Right. My kids wanna exercise in the afternoon. So I have to adjust the schedule right. accordingly. Right. Okay. And some if, kids can't. Dr. Marshall and Dr. Wilkerson, may I interrupt just a minute? Um, we have some parents that prefer to use the chat box. And yeah. we had a um, parent that wrote in and asked and said, I would love to know how to get my teen out of the room, out of the bed without causing a power struggle. Mm -hmm. Apparently, um, that's been an issue. Um, so I think we're at a good point. I don't know if you were going to address this later, if you'd like to just address it now. Yeah, we can. Um, in fact, I sort of alluded to that a minute ago. Yeah. When we talk about collaborative problem solving, um, kids are staying in bed in the morning because they're not going to sleep at night. Often. If you yeah. can't get your child out of bed in the morning, it means they haven't slept eight or nine hours that night. And if they haven't slept for 89 hours, eight or nine hours, it means that they're staying up doing something else. Even if you think they're asleep. You might think they're asleep, but they're not. If kids have slept eight or nine hours, they're ready to get up in the morning. If they're not ready to get up, they're not sleeping. Go ahead. That's one part. I, the, the, the other part is, as part of that collaborative problem solving, is, is sitting down with your, your teenager and saying, right. hey, look, this is what needs to be done today. Right. How do we get this done if you want to stay in bed until 10 o'clock in the morning? Mm -hmm. how, how will we get this done? So that means it's going to last until this late into the evening or we're we going to get it done at this time of the day. You know, working with them as part of building that schedule to say, all right, if, if this is what you're going to do, mm -hmm. then this is what you have to do to, to meet these other expectations, these other um, demands that are, that are on you. Um, you know, Certainly we start getting into other issues when the, when the student doesn't agree that they need to accomplish those tasks for the day. Mm -hmm. then, we get, then we start getting into some other, um, some other parental approaches and things like that that you have to make because of you know, that 168 hour rule. Um, and so what are they using the rest of their time for? You know, if they're laying in bed playing video games or watching YouTube or Netflix or something like that, then we have to, to create rules that say, well, you know, this is what has to be done before those devices are available to you. Um, so you, you arrange and create that schedule and those expectations based upon what needs to be accomplished. Okay. I'm going to slow things down a little bit here. I said earlier that if a child isn't getting up in the morning, it's because they're not sleeping adequately at night. For most teenagers, that means that they are up too late and they're probably on electronic devices. You're going to have to monitor that because these kids are going to think of this as vacation time. Right. And in vacation time, they can play as many games, YouTube, mm -hmm. TikTok, as they want. They can stay on their devices as long as they want. Parents are gonna to have to monitor device use and they do that in two ways. There isn't ever an electronic device that needs to go to bed with a child. Not a phone, not an iPad, not a computer, not a TV. You don't need your phone for music. You don't need your phone for an alarm clock. They want to keep these devices because they fully intend to use them at night. Children have too much free time. During the regular school day, regular school year, children have too much free time. They're not expected to help with dinner. They're not expected to do dishes. They're not expected to, to spend time with their family. So what they do is they take all of those activities and they use that for, for um, electronic, I call it electronic time. And when they can, they will steal time from other things in order to make time for electronics. And one of the things that they're willing to steal time from is sleep. They will happily give up sleep 
to be on their electronic devices. So during this time, parents have to make sure the children are sleeping at a, on a regular schedule. Mm -hmm. And the, the, what's going to get in the way of that are their electronic devices. So you don't, they don't need their electronic devices in their bedrooms. They, they have to be kept, and if they have to be locked up in a safe or a locked drawer, then lock them up. They cannot take these devices with them to bed. If they do, they're gonna have sleep deprivation or sleep interruption, one of the two. Right. So you're gonna to have to shut them down at night. There'll be plenty of time during the day to use their devices. That's called free time. That's put into your schedule. And if you use collaborative problem solving, most children will agree that this is free time, that this is when they get to do their devices is during mm -hmm. their free time, right. okay? And we can, we can talk more about that. That's a, that's a little more, that takes a little more detail, a little more explanation than we have mm -hmm. time for here. But if your children are not getting up in the morning, it's because they're not sleeping enough at night. So that's a, that's a, that's a sleep deprivation problem, not an obedience problem, okay? okay. Was there another question? Did you say? Let me go ahead and um, I I did not have another one. I just oh. wrote to you. If there's anyone that does, um, they can jump in okay. now. Okay. Um, I have uh, everyone should be unmuted so you can control your own device. Is there anyone at this point that has any questions for Dr. Bernie or Dr. Richard? While we're waiting, Dr. Yep. Radner. Yes. While we're waiting, we're going to yes. move on to the next item, which is stress. Perfect. That's the other thing. Um, the other thing that's going to um, insinuate itself into the next month or two or three or five is increased stress levels. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, and you're going to have to learn when we talk about self regulation, uh, we are all going to have to come, become masters of managing our stress. Right. Okay. When it comes to homeschooling, let's not compete with each other to see who can do the best job, okay? Let, let's forget about all that. You, we encourage each parent, do the best that you can, given your children, given your home, given your abilities, right. okay? Both your electronic abilities, your technical abilities, your computer abilities. There are households where every individual has a computer. There are households where everybody has a cell phone, an iPad, and a computer. There are other households that has one computer. Okay, so it's gonna be different from family to family. So you do the best you can with the resources that you have. If you're not tech savvy, you're, accept that, that's okay. Nobody is expected to be able to do all of this all the time, right. and schools know that. Right. Number two, how can you enjoy this? This is going to be a very, this is a very stressful, uh, very difficult time. So whatever plans you make, figure out how you can enjoy this. Enjoy this time. You want to enjoy it later. It doesn't have like. to be a high stress time. Right. The stress is already there. So how can you make it a little less stressful? And what can you do to make it a little more enjoyable? It's a wonderful opportunity to get to know your kids. Well, right. So enjoy their presence. Right. It's, a, it's an opportunity to, because of the way, relatively unstructured nature of it, right. because you get to build your own schedule and own structure for it. Mm -hmm. Because of that, it gives you the opportunity to really work to balance right. between the work that you have to do and the fun that you could potentially have. Exactly. And, you know, we say mm -hmm. fun as though, you know, it's a vacation, but, it, but you know, going out for a walk with your kid. Um, or doing some things with your kid, because if you're both home, if you're both stuck at home, you might as well do things together. Right. Um, recognizing that your teenager is going to want to do things on their own as well. But, you know, finding, the, finding that balance between, you know, building that relationship with them and, you know, meeting the expectations that, that right. are from the school. Yeah. And I would advise all parents, become Goldilocks during mm -hmm. this time. Uh, what do you mean Goldilocks? Um, not too hot, not too cold, just right. Mm -hmm. Not too much, not too little, just right. 
So let's right. go for just right. Let's go for what's doable, okay? Don't try, don't set the bar so high that you're bound to fail and frustrate everybody. Mm -hmm. Don't give your kids two or three weeks off completely. Let's get to let's let's get to some happy right. medium. So Richard and Bernie, may I ask a question? I think it falls into what you just asked. I had another question mm -hmm. in the chat bar that says, "What is a reasonable?" And I think this goes with the Goldilocks. What is a reasonable amount of video game time to build into a schedule, and when is the best time for it? Is it best <laughs> to put it at the end of the day, or will this vary by child? I was, I'm surprised it took 41 minutes to get to that question. <laughs> we thought that'd be the first question. <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay. We did it. So, um, Thank you, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's a, it's a great question, and it's something that we work with parents with all the time. And you know, before we start with it, we certainly have to recognize that it's going to be student-based, because every student is going to be a little bit different. Um, but I think the main way that we think about it, and we present it to, to mm -hmm. folks, is um, think about your brain being in a different mode. Um, when you're at school, your brain is in school mode. Right. When you're at uh, baseball, your, your brain is in baseball mode. When you're, at, um, when you're eating dinner, your brain is in dinner mode. But when you're playing video games, your brain is in video game mode. Your brain, as we talked about earlier, our brain likes to do things pretty consistently. So our brain doesn't like too much to shift from one mode to another mode. Um, and it certainly doesn't like to do that really quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you think about when you want to build in some of these video game times or some of these different breaks, you know, one of the things on our list to talk about are brain breaks. Well, one of the reasons you don't want to use video games or videos and things like that for a brain break is because they're supposed to be relatively short. Right. And if they're short, but you switch your brain from school mode to video game mode, it's not going to want to switch back. Mm -hmm. So you want to create the opportunity to remain in one particular mode for as long as you can, right. knowing that once you switch out of that mode mm -hmm. um, and into a different mode, it's going to be tough to get back. That's why it's never a great idea. Well, I won't say never. It's typically not a great idea for your kid to come home from school to play video games for an hour or so and then try to do homework. Right. That's going to, for most kids, that's going to be a battle every time because they're not going to want to go from school mode to video game mode and, and then, then back, back to school mode. Right. They're not going to want to do that at all. Right. So getting homework done immediately right after school while their brain is sort of still in school mode is, mm -hmm. is sort of the ideal situation. <laughs> and then they don't have to go back to right. it. So, so building it in a way to where they can, once they're in video game mode, they can either stay in video game mode or be in some other non-academic mode for a while. And, and with that idea of transitioning because um, you're right it's too quick the, yeah. the brain we don't like kids don't like to do that um, start with 24 hours a day is 24 hours long and then if you subtract eight or nine hours these at this age kids should be sleeping eight to nine hours okay right. so if you subtract nine hours from 24 hours you end up with 13 okay for 15, 15 15 hours okay then you build in your work time yep your exercise time, your quiet time, your family time, your Dinner, meal preparation, hygiene. doing dishes, hygiene, bath. Take all that out of the 15 hours, everything that you want your children to do. All the have-tos. Right. Take all the have-tos. Subtract that from 15 hours, and what you have left is free time. It can be two hours. It can be three hours. But that's free. It's free time. That's their time to do whatever they want. Right. If they want to play video games, fine. If they want to read, fine. It's free time. Free means free. They're allowed to do right. whatever they want. Your goal as a parent, what you have to do as a parent, is you have to make sure that you're putting everything else into the schedule. One of the problems we're having today is that children don't help with dinner preparation, they don't eat with their families, and they don't help with cleanup. Um, we have parents there are parents who deliver meals to their children in bedrooms right. because the kids are playing video games and they don't want to stop. These same children should be helping with dinner preparation. They should be eating with their family for 20 to 30 minutes at that evening meal, and they should be helping with cleanup. Right. They, that's an hour and a half about, okay, that most children, it's at least an hour. 
that most children are not expected to do. Well, if they're not doing family time for an hour, guess what they're going to do for that hour? So your obligation as a parent is to make sure that your children are doing all that they're supposed to do and the rest is free time. That's what kids need to learn. They don't have five or six hours of free time. Any kid who has five or six hours of free time every day is stealing that time from something else, else that he or she should be doing. Or, or, they're, not, or they're not obligated to other or they're not time, asked to do it. Um, to, yeah. to spend that time. They may not be stealing it, but they're not, they're not given it either. Yeah, many parents don't expect their children to do anything, right. but then they don't want them to play video games for seven or eight hours a day. Well, you can't have it both ways. Right. If you're not going to expect your children to do these other things, they're going to have plenty of free time, and I can tell you what they're going to do with the free time. Right. That's what anybody would do. Absolutely. Okay. Um, that's a topic that I could come to the, I could come and talk to you about uh, when life returns to normal. It's a complicated problem that all of us are struggling with. Yeah. So I, I don't mean to minimize it, but there are many ways to approach it. Okay. We had another question uh, that sure. came up, and this is: What do you do with the teen um, that again does not want to do the family time? Doesn't want to do family bike rides? Doesn't want to do things with that? would rather be isolated, would rather be on their own, would rather be that, that tween in the room. How do you balance that and how do you stop the power struggle with that? One of the things I tell parents, um, many, uh, I say, do you go to church? Does your family go to church? I know Mr. Bradner, Dr. Bradner, your family goes to church, right? Yes. Sunday, on Sundays, right? Yes, how'd we you do. Make, how'd you make that happen? Because I said so. Oh. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> no. Because that's what you do in your family. Right. You've done it for years. It's just yes. what we do. Okay. Right. It is, this is the family you were born into, and it is just what we do in this family. Some families go camping, some families play sports, some families go to church, but you build in these systems, these family systems, and everybody participates. Now, you may have a recalcitrant, recalcitrant child who says, I don't wanna do that. You don't have to do that, but you're not going to do anything else during that time. This is not, well, I'm not giving you an hour. I'm not going to let you steal family time to use for electronic time. That's the, that's, that's the devil in the details, is that no, honey, you don't have to do your homework but you're going to be sitting here for an hour doing nothing because you're not going to use homework time to play Minecraft. Right. Okay. Homework time is homework time. You can choose not to do homework, but you are not going to do anything else. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's almost like a sort of like a response cost type right. of situation where you don't have to do these family things, but you can't do these other things. Right. Until these other, until this family time is done. Right. So, you know, you'll have your video game time in just a little bit, but for right now, we're going to go for mm -hmm. a bike ride. If you choose not to do your bike ride, you may not get your video game time later. Well, or you can get your video game time. But not until then. At, but not until then. Right. In other can words, I interject not... something real quick? Can sure. I interject real quick? And I'm going to say this as a, a woman who has raised two boys and did a lot of things wrong. And a lot of the stuff that you're saying is very helpful. And one of the things that I found though, is that on Sunday night, and I did this too late with my second child, but I learned it the hard way. We started sitting down on Sunday evening right. and having that collaborative problem solving like you talked about. Mm -hmm. So we had that set time. I made it very short and I would say, okay, Casey, set, set one academic goal for the week, set one personal goal for the week, and then I would have him write down either a quote or sometimes it'd be like so, something that meaning, means something to him, and we would put it on the mirror. And even though it, sometimes it was a joke and he would pick the same quote every week, we would still yeah. do it. Yeah. And, and it just, that's just something that I learned the hard way. And now that I'm 57, you know, I know that I should have done it earlier, but that's that same time every week that was not stressful was our problem solving collaborative time. Because right. right. if I were a parent listening to you and a, with younger kids, 
I would still be saying, how do I get them to do all this stuff? Because it, it would be overwhelming to me. I'm just glad mine are out of school now, to be honest. <laughs> well, I think that it, an, an important point that you made, and, and you said it very quickly, but I want to make sure that everybody heard it, is you said that meeting was very short. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we get into this mode where we, have to, where we think we have to sit down and lecture and walk through every piece and every bit of it mm -hmm. um, in, in extreme detail, and we don't have to do that. Um, we, we create the system, we set up the structure, right. and we say, okay, what is going to go here, here, and here, and then we're done, and we can move on with our day. Mm -hmm. um, we don't want to have to create, you know, a situation where we're pulling our 13-year-old in for a two-hour family meeting oh. to talk about what we're going to do for the week right. and then get upset that he, he or she isn't very engaged in that conversation. Not um, right. And so we, we have to make sure that we are keeping those times brief. Be very, um, you know, you can still be explicit without being, you know, uh, over overwhelming. Mm -hmm. um, so making sure that that whole system, you know, that's, that's the work that we have to do as parents. All the work we do as parents is, you know, like the Wizard of Oz is behind the curtain. We, right. we don't show them all this other work that we're doing in preparation for that three minute conversation we're gonna have with them. Right. That may have taken you two hours, but you, that conversation needs to be succinct in, in that three minute period. Yeah, oh yes, that's to be short. Yeah. The other thing that some families do is that a different family member leads the meeting right. each, each week. Time. Mm -hmm. So you give the responsibility. And again, you're giving the responsibility to the children. They're much more likely to follow through. Right. They're much more likely they're, to comply. They're, they're, they'll buy in. Right. Yeah. They have to be invested. We can't just keep doing We were talking the other day. Well, we'll talk about that another time. Uh, stress. So we're going to do these stress relievers, right? Okay. Finally. 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 Okay. Yeah. Last point is uh minimize stimulation right okay well, it's, the, it's the unplugging that we talked about that's earlier right. that's right you need quiet time there's a wonderful book called getting to calm uh it's something we're all going to have to practice during these days of isolation we have to learn how to calm down unplug de-stress do whatever you have to do give everybody a time right. to de-stress sometimes you de-stress as a family sometimes an individual has to de-stress but the kids have right. to have permission to be able to self-regulate, right? Okay, so uh, build in time for that. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, the de-stress is going to be different for each person in the house. That's right. Um, it should often and always include, you know, some time to unplug. Mm -hmm. But you know, look, if if you if this is just your free free time to de-stress, de mm -hmm. and you're going to do so by playing Candy Crush on your phone, um, don't or or flipping through uh, Facebook, mm -hmm. you know. You can't be too critical of your kid who wants to de-stress by playing, you know, Call of Duty. Right. Um, that's maybe how he or she de-stresses, and, and you're going to de-stress this way. So you have to balance that. Again, it gets back to that Goldilocks where you have to balance between, all right, this is we're going to de-stress this way, but you may, as the parent, build in um, strategies. Mm -hmm. So we're going to de-stress by going for a bike ride as well. Mm -hmm. That's another way to de-stress, and so you build those things into your schedule. Yeah, and I think the biggest challenge that most parents are going to have, particularly parents of boys, is with electronic devices, yeah. video games, YouTube, TikTok, cell phones. That's going to be the challenge during this time. What I would do is, is think about 168-hour week, 24-hour day. Um, let your child work with you to construct a schedule that includes free time. And when I say free time, I mean free time. You don't yeah. use free time as punishment. Free time is free time. They have to have a time that's theirs, right. that, that they know that if they do all we're asking them to do, right. that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. When I was in school, we had recess three times a day. We had one in the morning, one after lunch, and one in the afternoon. I couldn't go to school the way kids go to school today. Right. I, I, would have, I, would, I would have been self, it would have been hard for me. I knew that there was a break coming, okay? Right. And that's what kids need. They need to know that if they do everything that they've agreed to do, right. that there's free time. And they're not going to be punished by having it taken away. Free time is free time. Right. And, and think about the, the strength that this is going to have later down yeah, the line. Because when you say um, this is your free time, you have these, these two hours of free time mm -hmm. to do what you want. Whatever you want. Um, if, if one day your, your kid says that they want to go to the mall and hang mm -hmm. out for an hour, that's great. 
that sure. hour comes out of your that's two your hours free of free time. That's, right. that's part. Of, so now we're getting into an economy of time. Right. And so you're teaching them how to schedule their time. And okay, so I'm going to give up an hour of video games today so I can go hang out at the mall with my friends. Um, I can't create more than 24 hours. Yeah, that, that two hours is their two hours, but it's, they're going to have to trade right. it and, and barter with it um, to do some of the different things that they want to do. Yeah. So think of time the way you think about money. Right. Okay, there's only so much. Um, you decide how you're going to spend it. Here's five dollars. Right. You can buy whatever you want. I don't care what you buy with it, but I'm not going to give you more. Right. Okay. I can't give you more time. So once you decide that you have two or three or four hours of free time, that's all there is. And the only way you get more is if you steal it from something that's more important, either right. sleep or family right. time or exercise or homework or something. And what we want to make sure of as parents is our kids are not stealing time from right. something else. Absolutely. But it's our goal to set up what, what the have to's are. These are the things you have to do. Right. You have to do your laundry. You have to do this. You have to do that. Um, and then the rest is yours. Yep. You do whatever you want with it. Absolutely. But you have to learn how to budget it. Dr. Richard and Dr. Bernie, um, I want to be very cognizant of your time because we have gone well over the 45-minute mark um, and the 30- and 45-minute mark um, that I had requested of you, and thank you for volunteering. Um, I know, Dr. Bernie, you had mentioned some links and some articles. If you want to just talk with those, talk about those. And then if you will send them to me or Richard, if you want to send them, I can actually put those links on the Randall parent page. Sure. Um, and this will be available and I can send this to you, Bernie, so you can use this as well, because this has been great information, um, certainly for me as a teacher, but also as a parent of four um, and a son that has ADHD that Dr. Marshall knows very well. Um, so I'm right in the boat. I'm rowing that boat with all of you. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to catch any last minute questions before we wrap up in the next few minutes. Okay. Yeah. Or if you want to address those links, that would be great. Yeah, there's a, there's a, 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 a kind of a fun link that's from NP, the NPR mm -hmm. that kind of uh, is a little cartoon talking about this, this whole situation. But uh, the more, um, the, the other links, there's one from the National Association of School Psychologists where they, they have lots of different resources and lots of suggestions and strategies uh, available for teachers as well as for, um, for parents. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there'll be that link um, in, the, mm -hmm. in the show notes. And then there's another one from the New York mm -hmm. Times where um, a lot of the stuff that we're, we talked about is, was pulled for some, from some of these, um, these links. And so you'll be able to go there and read a little bit more about some of these details. So you can post those on your website. Right. We'll, we'll send them to you and you can post them up. Yeah, and we'll post this, if you send the video, we'll post this as, a, as one of our podcasts. And so we'll have the links in those show notes as well. So they'll have that. That would be, that would be wonderful. I'm getting a lot of messages uh, from the parents, um, Richard and Bernie, just saying thank you, thank you. Thank you for all the helpful information. Thank you for being there um, for, obviously, for our Randall family. Um, but thank you for being there for parents as we navigate these waters. Um, and none of us know how long we're going to be doing this. Um, well, so we definitely, we definitely appreciate you. Our guidance counselors are saying thank you. Awesome session. Um, I just want to wrap up if there's anything else. Um, thank you, Mrs. Mawinney. Um, if there's anything else, any last minute questions? I yes. have one. I have one. Please. This is uncharted territory. We said in the beginning, this is uncharted for all of us. We're going to learn a great deal in the next two or three weeks. If you have other questions, let us know. We can come back and revisit all this stuff because yeah. things are going to happen that none of us can anticipate. And so we're going to be here. Let us know. Yeah. Uh, collect those questions and we'll be happy to come back. Absolutely. Okay. We will do that. All right. Okay. Well, everyone, I'm going to go ahead. Mrs. Mawinney, thank you for allowing this as our commander in chief. Thank you for all your wisdom and everything you're doing for our families and for Randall families. And of course, uh, Mrs. Richards, Mrs. Roberts, thank you. A big shout out again to Mrs. Collis and the PTSA for helping to support these types of things. And Richard and Dr. Bernie, if it's okay, we might just call you in a couple of weeks and do another one. And we can do this as a litmus test. <laughs> you know, our hair might not be quite as needed as it is. I have to go through all this for a couple of weeks because okay. we start officially uh, tomorrow or on oh, Monday. Okay. 
Uh, we, yeah. the teachers start official, the kids start officially. Uh, we've at Randall, we've gotten a jump start. I think that we're pretty good. Uh, but you know, there might be some people on here that might be bald. I might be one of them uh, because of this. So if you're willing, we will definitely take you up on that. And again, owe you those blue bottles. This is a good time for that. Okay. Uh, so I'll talk to Jen Collis about that. She's my connection for that. Okay. So anyway, thank you all for um, joining the next session. And maybe if you could just touch on this before we leave, I had one more question. Um, how do we deal with quickly the loss of the contact with friends? Because a lot of our children are struggling with that lack of social contact. I, I think that and then that, we'll end it here. We'll end it with this. I think that that is one of the important things with, um, for not taking away all the video games yeah. and social media and everything. Exactly. Because where they're not getting it face-to-face -face at school, they, they most likely are getting it through virtual means, through social media, through uh, video games and things like that. So that's why you, you don't want to- Don't take their uh, devices. You don't want to apply a punishment that's going to remove them from their devices for an extended period of time, um, because that is where they're going to get most of that social interaction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Leave, leave. I may I add a caveat to that, but not at 11 o'clock at night. Or right. after 11 <laughs> o'clock at night. Yeah. Right. I, I usually tell mine they're not doctors. I don't believe in it. They're not ER doctors. No one's going to page them. I don't think they're going to get paged at 1.30. No, they're not on call. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, that's no. Right. Well, thank you, Bernie and Richard. You are just gems. I owe you, Richard. You know I adore you. You are. And thank you both for being honorary hawks. We're going to get you a shirt or something next time you can wear the, the, the uh, Randall shirt. And thank you, everyone that joined today. Hope you have a great Saturday. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.